Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. Ten hours and ten years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. In a world... Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who's it? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world... Uh, Hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so... Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight. Get it down, ya. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously, you moron, we both do. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. And Zero Sports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, They'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. 
The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And before we get started, I've talked to this guy before, and I'll tell you what, he's been not a friend. This guy has been a brother of mine for, fuck, going on 20 years. So not if, but when I call him a fat, lazy cunt, know that I do it with love. Um, and when I talk a whole lot of shit about him, I still think he's a really talented Scott ever, even though he's a big fat, lazy cunt. So tell me who the fuck are you and what do you do? Hey, hey back in the hot seat, man. So, <laughs> yep. My name is Derek and I'm a skydiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that as I'm saying all of that shit as it begins. That's all I do. <laughs> you 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 didn't even react to me calling you a big fat lazy cunt because I've done it so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nah. So you jump Not out of first air- picnic with you, man. <laughs> no, no. So you jump out of airplanes. <laughs> Every once in a while, yeah. 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 You've got uh yeah. you got all the fucking ratings and you've been doing this for a long time. You are actually you are the epitome of the fucking old guy uh tandem instructor now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think I I'm falling right into that category, my man. Yeah, <laughs> 20, yeah. 26 years now going on, jumping out of these things and still loving every little bit of it. I mean, yeah, which is fucking amazing. Now that being said, you and I have got a lot of war wounds from uh, over the years. Some of them's inflicted with each other. Um, so I'm sure we're going to talk quite a bit about yeah. how we're surviving being old fucking skydivers. But for those that have not met you before or haven't uh, heard us talk before, how did you get your start jumping out of airplanes? Oh, well, oh, I, I remember driving past a drop zone in Philadelphia. And um, yeah, it's one of those just kind of driving by, looking over, going, oh, wow, skydiving. Okay. I think I'll pull in here and check it out. And uh, I, I Honestly, I, I don't remember ever feeling so uncomfortable in my whole life and never wanted to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually everyone has this brilliant story about how I loved it and would, would from now on until the day they die, always do it. But for me, it was, nah, I'll never touch that again. And it was, um, I was, um, Why I was, was with that? an instructor who was, uh, he, my instructor is about 5'4". Okay. And he, he, he had a fairly large belly on him. Okay. So if you can imagine this both standing up and me on the front and him standing, you know, vertically and just the belly protruding out to the point where he's putting me into 
an arch times 10. Sure. You know By the way, mean? for those that can't see so, you, you're about what, what are you? Six, two, six, two, six, three in between. And, yeah. And he's yeah. much shorter and fat. Okay, cool. Got the picture. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. So in free fall, I remember literally before the parachute had even opened, my, my arms and legs went completely numb. <laughs> so by the time we got to the ground, I literally, as he, he unhooked us, I literally just fell over and that, that was it. And he's just like, are you all right? Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I, I can't feel my arms and my legs. Is that normal? <laughs> yes. He's like, no, I, I think you're just in shock. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not in shock. I, I literally can't feel my arms and my legs because the, the harness was really tight. You know, I'm sure he took a lot of offense to the fact that, you know, he was doing something a little bit incorrectly. Right. You know, but yeah, I, I just remembered how, how uncomfortable it was and never, never wanting to do it again. And now and, it's, uh, it's yeah, got to be weird too. all these years later, <laughs> looking back, I, I bet you now you can look back at that first jump and tell uh, all the things that he did wrong that made your fucking arms and legs go numb. Oh yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And which is all the more reason you'd want to try more so trying to, to do the right thing by all your, all your students, you know, sure. you want them to be as comfortable as possible. You want them to remember it. Yeah. You know? but, so yeah. if you're, if your first jump was basically like getting ass raped by a short fat gorilla, um, who just left you, <laughs> <laughs> who just left you lying on the ground, what the fuck possessed you to jump out of an airplane again? Uh, um, I can tell you my, the next fun jump I had, I, I was, I was seeing this girl in, in, um, in California and, um, I was on an elevator in the military on the way back down and there was a bloke on there. He was, uh, he had two broken legs and he his crutches and he had a rig on his back and, uh, she, <laughs> she was with me and she knew the guy. You know, so they started chatting back and forth. And this guy was from Australia. And he was just going on and on about how he just, ah, oh, you know, he, he landed and messed up his right leg. And then he went back a couple weeks later and then messed up his left leg. So it was two different incidents. <laughs> um, and uh, he was just on the way out to the drop zone to do, a, to do a, uh, another jump. That's what he was telling her anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, that just got her, her and I talking about it. And we, uh, we decided to go out and... and give the tan thing one more go. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so your mentality was you decided you'd make a second jump because randomly in an elevator, you bumped into a skydiver with two fucked up legs and you thought that sounds like a good idea. No, honestly, I was just trying to get laid. Did it work? Yeah. And that's, the, it, it did work. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it boiled down to me going, oh well, this guy. Wait, was it the girl that you, to, was it the uh, girl that you got laid with, or the guy with the fucked up legs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got. Gonna... So I was like, well, with no pun intended, this guy's got a foot in already. So I figured, um, yeah, she she brought up the fact that we should go for a skydive, and, and that was it. Actually, we ended up both going and getting our aft, um, doing our aft together. Oh, nice. And then I think after maybe four, 40 jumps, yeah, 40 jumps, she stopped skydiving. And uh, yeah, I kept going. So, but yeah, uh, that's, that was the. So, the second jump, clearly, it was was better than that the was first. It. That was it. Yeah. 
yeah, they, they happen to parachute on your back versus uh, an instructor on the back that that's putting you in a position to make your arms and legs fall asleep. Was, oh, uh, wait, wait. So your second jump was your second jump was not a tandem. It was straight to AFF? Straight to AFF, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we went out there for a tandem. We went out there for a tandem and ended up doing AF level one. And I ended up doing AF level one through four one day and then five, five, six, and seven the next. Oh, yeah. really? In two days? Yep. Yep, two Jesus. days. And yeah. this was at what drop zone? Scott of San Diego. Otai Lakes. Otai Lakes. Scary fucking place Brownfield Airport. Brownfield Airport at, at the time, right on the border of Mexico. Yeah, way, way back in the day. Oh, wait. So this was this was when it was still at the big airport, not uh, over at the little. That's place. right. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. Just, be, just before Buzz Fink bought it, bought it and then uh, moved it over to Otai. So I mean, and you spent a lot of time in uh, uh, a lot of time in San Diego, didn't you? Jumping wise, yeah, nine nine years I was there before I um, moved on to Vegas, and then um, yeah, do you ended, so, up, ended up going out and did you, you out there? Did you get uh, did you get all your ratings in San Diego? Like, were, I don't, I, I, I no, don't no, know I didn't you, get my, I didn't get my, IF rating until I came out here in Australia. So I yeah. moved out to Australia in 2006. So, but yeah, yeah all my tandem ratings and everything were in San Diego. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By the yeah. way, the uh, the fact that you're in Australia now explains the the random use of the word bloke by a guy who spent most of his life in California. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, yeah. Nine years in California, nine years in Vegas, but 15 years here. Uh, still, so, I yeah, still have such a difficult time when I hear yeah. you say mate and shit like that. It just, <laughs> it kind of makes me want to slap you. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's catchy. So what, slapping me, that is. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what, what drew you to uh, Vegas? What brought you out there? Oh, my, uh, um, uh, actually, no, uh, Vegas, I, <laughs> Okay, so I moved to Vegas because I was starting to party a bit much in San Diego. <laughs> so I moved to Vegas thinking, hey, you know what? I think I'll <laughs> slow down. Vegas seems like the perfect spot to do it. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, in hindsight, it's, that's when I started doing all the triathlons and stuff was, was in Vegas. So it actually... Yeah, I was motivated. Yeah, so but I, that yeah. was years later. Don't make these poor people think you moved to Vegas and just started fucking doing shit right. <laughs> Come on. No. <laughs> Let's be it honest. A couple here. Years, but yeah. <laughs> so so you, you did you have yeah. a gig already lined up in Vegas or um actually uh, I I had I moved to, I went to Vegas and immediately bought a ticket to go out to New Zealand. I had a job lined up um, in New Zealand doing tandems. And you, that was right around the time United Airlines was going under. Mm. Um, and I, I, a friend of mine had given me a buddy pass, an open-ended ticket to go to New Zealand. And when it all crashed, I ended up staying in, in Vegas. Okay. But, uh, that's how I got stuck into Vegas. Yeah. Well, and what was your your first job zone working in Vegas was Scott of Las Vegas, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. That was Michael Hawks's old, so, old spot. It's got at Las Vegas for a bit of time. I think it was till 2002 or something like that. It's when no. I met you. What I was at. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, back to something like that. Now, now, when you and I talked last time, I talked a lot of shit about uh, Michael Hawks and Scott of Las Vegas, but your experience wasn't as bad as mine. Um, well, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I wasn't there during most of your experience. Um, okay. But yeah, no, it was it was all right. Actually, I was working with, with Simon the way at the time who actually made made it quite enjoyable to work with. I, yeah. I quite enjoyed working with Simon. Sure. But um, yeah, always for, well, always for shits and giggles that guy was good for, you know? Well, well, and he's the one that uh, that put me through my tandem course, and, and I, I love and hate him all at the same time for that shit. <laughs> but he, yeah. He, you no, and he's, I did. He's, he's a good, good guy. You and I didn't meet until uh, you started jumping over in Gene, Nevada, because you were with uh, the. Yeah, it was just it. Go ahead. That's right. Yeah, because it was it was a couple of years at Scott of Las Vegas, and then Michael and I had a falling out, as most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it went over to to Vegas, Vegas Scott of. Um, well, I can't remember what what they were trying to call it then. It had only been open a couple of months. Um, but yeah, that's when you and you and Eddie ran in and, and uh, recruited me. Yeah, well, as I was filling out the waiver to work there, you ran in and went, nah, nah, "Come on, nah, nah, recruiting you? Like a, a bad drug deal going? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you, you had fucking three grown adult man <laughs> men sitting in a van, basically with candy, and got you to climb into a fucking van in an empty parking lot in the middle of the desert, you moron." <laughs> yeah well it seemed like a good idea at the time and then talked you into <laughs> quitting the job that you had just gotten with the competition and coming to work for us yeah, yeah. great idea yeah. great idea uh, yeah honestly i i didn't re- i wasn't too keen to work for chris at the time remember chris i can't remember his last name but yeah i was like you know what i'll take it because i definitely don't want to be working for michael hawks anymore sure but yeah, and the second you walked in, I was like, "Hey, got a better idea." Well, when I was you were, all over it. I mean, you're kind of fucked when you're in Vegas, right? Because you could make a lot of money working as a tandem instructor in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was oh, God. What, what? What? I don't know what you made, but when I was, yeah, we were making good. Oh, I was over hundred grand, way, way over hundred grand. Easy, oh, it was easy. It was easy fantastic money. money. Yeah, that was that was including the tips. Tips was eighty percent of what you were. Yeah, it was. Oh, tips were fucking amazing. It was a shit. Yeah. Well, shit but, money. When you and I ended up working together, we were basically with a. I mean, it wasn't a. Yeah, it was still a startup at the time because I was taking the pictures for all the rack cards that'd go out in Vegas, and it was owned yep. by uh, by uh, uh, one good friend of ours, Dale Hinton, and uh, another little yep. shit we won't talk about. Um, <laughs> at least not too much. But we did some stupid shit working for that drop zone. Yeah, we did, but we had a really good time doing it. Yeah, well, but we—I mean—and yeah. when I say stupid shit, I, we pushed a lot of limits when we were working at that drop zone. I—I like to think that most of my chops as a tandem instructor, um, I got 
when you and I were working together in, in Gene, because fuck me, man, we jumped yeah. in some of the gnarliest conditions in one of the most hardcore places out there. Yeah, well, I, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Carroll, was, he pretty much gave us the reins and was like, you boys have this. It's your, you make the limits. Have at yeah. it. <laughs> and it was really good. It was up to us to make as much money as we wanted. Sure. So, yeah. So you well, it was it was up to us to some degree. I mean, you and I did not jump through fucking ground fog from a thousand feet down to the ground by choice. <laughs> well, well, we did, but it looked like it was going to clear at the time. Yeah, but well, we were the <laughs> yeah, idiots. I mean, that, we were the idiots that jumped uh, out. A of the lot airplane. of it was, yeah, and a lot of it was kind of. We were still newer instructors. You know what I mean? So just kind of going. Well, it's. Run me, works out. run me through your version of that job. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I remember it was, it, obviously it was a bit foggy, but it was only in a few areas. You know what I mean? And it looked like the spot we were landing in was pushing out of the way. Um, you couldn't see the ground, but you can see kind of it opening up around it right. in a distance. Right to the point where you, you got the feeling like by the time you're up in the air and you spend a few minutes under the under the can you know under the canopy that by the time you got down it would wouldn't be a, a difficult thing to say yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this no problem sure um, and then of course in free fall I'm I'm, I'm looking I'm looking and, and a couple spots that looked like it were was opening up started closing up <laughs> and and then I'm like okay I'll open a little higher and then. You know, once you uh, got a few extra seconds under the canopy and as you're getting closer to the ground, you're like, this isn't clear and this isn't clearing. And then it was actually, you know, up off the ground a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. And, but never, it, it literally was like all the way to the ground. Yeah. So once you started going into it, you're like, oh, shit, you look at your altimeter going, oh, I hope I have at least a hundred feet at the, you know, between the bottom of this and the ground that I can you know, have enough time to put the brakes on and sure. it, it never happened. Well, and of yeah. course, knowing that on one side of the landing area is uh, I-15 and massive high tension power lines. And that on the far side of the drop zone is fucking a mountain. Yeah. 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 There was, there was, it, it felt like you had a little bit of room for air, but the closer you got towards the ground, you realize you didn't have any room. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, I hope I put the brake. I hope I can at least see the, the bush. You know what I mean? When I <laughs> punch the brakes. Well, and, <laughs> and I mean, knock wood, it worked out. Not only did we both have relatively uneventful, clean landings, but we were both within what I want to say a hundred yards of the actual landing area. Yeah, and honestly, I think we just got lucky. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah, uh, I I remember as soon as I I was able to see a bush, I just remember just stabbing it and just hitting the brakes, you know, and just kind of pummeling into the ground and kind of rolling with it. And, you know, my my passenger, of course, you know, he was laughing his ass off, and that was awesome. That was awesome. I'm thinking, okay, at least he's not upset about kind of eating shit on the landing, you know? Right. And I just remember laughing with him but really to myself giggling out loud at you because i knew that you were dealing with the same shit i just dealt with 
Yeah, which was absolutely yeah. fucking ridiculous. I remember thinking at one yeah. point we should be yelling Marco Polo uh, just to fucking <laughs> to stay the fuck away from yeah. each other. Because the entire time oh, I'm thinking all of those thoughts as well as fuck Derek's flying around in this shit, too. And I have no idea where that motherfucker <laughs> is. Yeah, not yeah. scary. Yeah, needless yeah. to say, we it's, waited a little and, while to make another jump that day. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have even gone up but we did so what we <laughs> what was what was the uh the jump that you did you took the tandem and i shot the video because we had that massive group come out but the deal was the guy that was paying for all of it had to jump as well and he was huge that's right and yeah yeah that's right that was just after 9 11 that was the director of homeland security came out he brought his whole crew out remember yeah, one of yeah, he worked for Homeland Security and brought the whole crew. But Brett. and we we yeah. drew we drew straws for who was going to have to do what, and you got the yeah. short straw and had to take him. <laughs> yes, I did. And I had to sh- <laughs> and I had to shoot the video. Whole and he uh, was he was huge. He was a big boy. He was over three hundred pounds, man. He was a big boy. Yeah, yeah, and and every bit of that that canopy, I was just. And it wasn't even, we didn't even get, what altitude we even get? It wasn't even, it was more of a hop and pop, felt like, you know what I mean? I think we got out like 8,000 feet. Yeah, too low with that weight. Way too low for any weight, really. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, holy shit. That that one, I remember thinking, this one is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And all I have to do is film it. Of course, a couple years later, I ended up taking somebody basically that weight as well. Uh, But... That jump, especially in Vegas, because you're landed on fucking gravel at a 2000 uh, MSL. You know, I mean, we're a couple thousand feet above sea level. Yeah, Shit shit gets going pretty fast. And the gear that we were jumping, some of it was not the newest gear. Shit house. Yeah. (laughs) You really don't go into jumps like that unless you really have a favorite rig that is available. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And I felt quite comfortable that I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't super stoked that I was taking that weight, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's completely doable. Well, yeah. no, this is the I same just, um, I was envious that that I got to shoot the video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it, we had a bunch <laughs> of a bunch of fun ones though as well. I mean, fuck, how many how many naked people did we take? Um, I've shot video uh, with well, you strapped to naked women many a time. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was, didn't we have that big promotion when we first opened that? It was, the, the, if you go naked, you go for free. Yeah. And of course, in Vegas, it was a brilliant idea. Oh, yeah. You know, and of course, every every stripper in Vegas saw, saw a shot for a free skydiving. Well, and then the yeah, AVN. Every week anyway the avn convention would come to town every year and you'd always have a porn star that wanted to jump naked yep without yep. fail yep oh yeah yeah it was always that routine all spin left you spin right <laughs> <laughs> yep yep because yeah. you don't want to like, get shouldn't you just stay in the front of me on the naked ones <laughs> you're like ah. <laughs> yeah nah might as well go around give him the whole horror show because nobody <laughs> I, don't, around. <laughs> I don't care how good a shape you're in nothing looks good in free fall bare skin does not look good in free fall no matter how nobody good looks good at, at, at 120 miles an hour 
No, 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 no. It just, it doesn't happen. So, I mean, outside of... Then you had, of course, the... Go ahead. I was just saying, we also had the the boys that came in a few times a year, the SFC club. Remember those guys? The stripper fucker clubs? No, remind me. Stripper fucker club. (laughs) These guys came in a few times a year and they were... Are you taking the piss, really? No, no, I don't remember. No, nah, you don't remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, these guys would come in every, every few times a year and, and always bring a, just a, a slew of strippers with them for the, for the. but I guess if you're taking, you know, we're taking strippers year-round anyway, you probably, well, you're, you're stripping yourself, so it'll probably all blended together for you anyway. Dude. Well, yeah, the stripper <laughs> part of it definitely did, because, yeah, you're actually, it's kind of funny because you're one of the few people that I've had on the podcast that actually can verify I used to do that for a living because I was still in the, yes, fu- I was, <laughs> I was still working in the club when you and I were hanging out and jumping. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to do, that's when I, I'm not a, a big fan of going to strip clubs, never sure. have been. But when I first met you, you were, we were going to the strip clubs and, you know, of course, all the, the chicks were walking up to you going, Dean, hey, Dean. I'm like, where do you know her from? You're like, I work with her. I'm like, okay. Olympic Garden. You're like, yeah, the guys upstairs, the women are downstairs. Or, yeah, man. I was just one of the, one of the, one yeah, of the girls, yeah. man. It was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> You're still one of the girls. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, now you ended up working in a strip club yourself, though. Yeah. Yeah. My ex got me the job. Yeah. Doing bouncing. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, making a cheetahs, yeah, another two, three thousand a night. You were oh, the Vegas was such a money maker, so we're making 200 grand a year skydiving and another three thousand a night, twice, Dude. twice a week at strip club. Yep, yeah, it's good. Yep, so of course, <laughs> now you're living in fucking Australia, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, so nah. let's let's talk injuries a bit because uh, um, people can't see as they're listening to the podcast that you're walking around as we're having this conversation. You shouldn't be able to walk. No, nah. no. Nah, well, I I uh, have had a couple of beers, so I don't feel a thing right now. I'm doing no I'm joking, but I um actually about five six years ago, I um. My most, uh, I shouldn't say most recent, but the, I think a, a big one I had was a shattered, shattered knee. Mm. Um, I, of course, did what all the other skydivers do and wrapped it up and put a brace on it. Ah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And of course, the, the ops manager is going, nah, nah, you're down for a week. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. It's just a sprain. Uh, after about a month, I think I went in and had it looked at. They're like, oh, yeah, you've torn this. You've torn that. You shattered this. You got five cracks down the patella. You're done. Right. So Wednesday at eight eight thirty, you can come in and we'll. I'm like, okay, for what? I'm like, yeah, you've got to get a knee replacement. I'm like, no, that's not happening. Hmm. <laughs> so that's that's the knee that's finally given me grief. Um, years later, I actually blew it off, um, and it just started to slowly not give me as much grief anymore until sure. until recently. But um, yeah, well, that's that's the knee. I mean, you and you I can work traded, our way up or work our way down from there. You and I have <laughs> traded back and forth with fucked up surgeries. But uh, the one that I remember vividly with you is you were having surgery on your lower back. And I came in to visit you uh, after the first surgery. 
and uh, was just in time to find out that it was either a doctor or a nurse was trying to pull the drainage tube out of the incision in your lower back when they discovered that they had accidentally sewn the rubber tubing into the muscle into the muscle inside your back and had to take you back into surgery to cut it out yeah that sucked yeah 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 Yeah. oops and that was to that was to what fuse part of your lower back that was to yeah that was that particular one was 2005 six and that was for um s1 l4 and l5 and and how did you that, fuck all that? That was up? actually bothering me for, oh, it's just, I think it's just wear and tear. Um, <laughs> when we jumped out and, and Michael, Michael Hawks's place, um, when, when I first moved to Vegas, they were jumping the old freaking F-111s. Yep. And of course, you know, I'm the new guy. So I take every, every heavy guy that walks into the door. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, when I got there, you get Simon Wade limping around and every, everything he's got just to, just to walk on two feet going, all right, young bloke, it's your turn. You get to take every all, all the overweight people. So, and 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 to be honest, I I had a pretty easy ride in San Diego. Like right. I got to take a almost. It just felt like I was taking every light passenger there. Sure, you know, which was which was awesome because that'll never happen twice sure. in your life, you know. But uh, yeah, when I in Vegas, the first oh, my first two three thousand, I think, were just all. It just felt like they were all, you know, just weight charges. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, with the F one eleven just pounding into the ground, every other every other landing, and, and the I, opening. Of course, it's a it's a decent enough landing because you can only you can only sink those in and and, and just stab them just right every time. But it's just over time, it just takes 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 the toll on you, and of course the openings. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because we were jumping the old yeah. vector systems that had you hanging head low, and then you've got these F-111 train yeah. wreck openings every time, and that all slams into your lower yeah. back, and then the landings and all that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's over a, yeah. a long time, but you actually just recently went through the same version of uh, the shit that I went through, which was having uh, stuff with your, your neck done. Yeah, I had a second neck surgery. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I actually, I recently had C3, um, uh, uh, just pens and plates, um, removed, but I, back in 2007, eight, I had a really hard opening and, and, and broke my neck. Yep. And, um, oh no, sorry. It was 2000, 2003. It was, <laughs> um, and my neck snapped back on opening and, I just remember my just feeling it in my whole body, you know, just going, oh. And I went down and of course I told Michael, I was like, oh, I'm 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 hurt on that one. He's like, You're hurt? Are you injured? I'm like, well, I guess I'm just hurt. He goes, All right, you're in the next tandem. You know? <laughs> so every tandem after that was just me holding my chin and hoping, you know, just kind of yep. letting all the air out and just kind of roll with the roll the opening. But I found out uh, a year later that um I had broken my C2 and snapped it completely. You know, it was at a 90 degree. It still is at a 90 to this day. Once they, you know, they don't like to go back in and mess with sure. the C2 once it heals up. But I think because of that, it just kind of sets, sets the pace for everything else below it. Sure. Kind of eventually going bad. 
sure. or at least C3, which was the next one, which is my re- most recent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we both. I mean, uh, um, all good now. You just had one. Yeah. What was your, you just had two, had two or three levels? Um, four levels. Yeah. My C2 all the way down to my C67. They took all four discs out. They replaced two of them with artificial discs infused to. Uh, and then I am, at yeah, least wow. as far as I know, the only person still um in recorded medical history to have a titanium disc break in his neck so they had to go in and take the broken disc out and fuse those two so now i have three levels fused in my neck which (laughs) yay hey i mean honestly i'm surprised that uh (laughs) i I still have quite a uh, range of motion so uh, I'm I'm impressed with that. Yeah, well, they say all the all the motion, the range you get the you, most of your range comes from that that first one of it, at least the first sure. seat seat two and yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Um, my fear, and I don't know if it's yours, is as we keep getting older, shit just starts hurting more anyway. But you and I and a lot of OG tandem uh, meat haulers out there have fucked ourselves up, man. What condition are we going to be in, in our sixties and seventies? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know. Who knows? I, I'm, I'm still going to be trucking along, probably still doing tandems in my seventies. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm, I'm doing just fine. So I, mean, I, got- I, I just heard a, a Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna give you some shit. I'm like, so how does it feel to know you're you're that guy? I'm that guy. You're you're that <laughs> guy. You're the guy that's gonna be the and the comments always I'm gonna, gonna be, be that guy. The comments always gonna be <laughs> Derek still doing fucking tandems. Holy shit. Fuck that guy. He's not he's not yeah, dead and, yet. And, yeah, I've, I've had so many people say, God, how can you stand those? I fucking hate tandems. Like, I love tandems, bro. I always have always loved tandems. Since my first, and it wasn't just my first paid, it, it, even though it was, but it was just because it was the first time I had taken somebody who came out, you know, he came out to do a tandem for the experience and literally the energy that he gave me was just so overwhelming to me. I was just like, no way can yeah. I do this for people all day long and they're going to give me a paycheck for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a no brainer for me. Well, it still is. I, I still love doing it. Not to mention back uh, during our uh, single days, it didn't exactly hurt your dating life. <laughs> no, no. Especially not, not in a place like Las Vegas. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty good in Las Vegas. So yeah. now you're you're that guy. You're the old tandem instructor. Uh, you're the <laughs> you're the the limping the young tandem. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're the old tandem <laughs> the instructor. Limping. <laughs> the the limping fucking caution. Yeah, yeah. You're the limping cautionary tale. Uh, you are also the father of two sons. How would you yeah. feel if? When your sons get older, they go, Dad, I want to be just like you. No, I hope they don't want to know. I mean, <laughs> define that. <laughs> I mean, that's a loading. That's, no, I don't want them to be just like me, but, you know, they, we all have our own little path. I'm, I'm sure they're not going to choose to be a, 
uh, tandem master or hell, I don't even know if they only want to skydive. You know well, I mean? I mean, they're they're still uh, they're still quite young, but I mean, um, when when eventually someone else is having to wipe your ass for you, um, which it's, <laughs> that it's happens now, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, wh- what would you think if if either one of your sons is like, Dad, I want to be a tandem instructor or I want to be a professional skydiver? Because um, for me, honestly, I'd cheer him on, dude. I, I've had a freaking epic adventure so far. You sure. know what I mean? Like uh, the last 26 years have just been fucking stupendous. Yeah. So, yeah, they want to go through that same route and have a, a killer freaking career and love every second of it then yeah man i, I totally wish that for him which sure. is cool i mean it's kind of funny yeah. because you and i are i mean roughly the same age you're a couple years younger than me um we've been in the sport for roughly the same amount of time with very similar yep. careers um and we're getting to the age where um the bills are coming due you know, we're starting to pay the price for the life we've lived, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't regret it That's either. Right. I, I don't regret it either, yeah. but getting out of bed in the morning sometimes fucking sucks. Yeah. I heard you t- say it on your last podcast a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, or I was just listening to it. Yeah. And you're like, you know, I, the hardest thing for me is getting out of bed. Yeah. That's the hardest part of my entire day. And it's, it's, it rings true for me as well. And I'm sure for a lot of people who have, any kind of, you know, physical injuries or any kind of, you know, <laughs> anything yeah. to deal with throughout life that gives them constant pain, you know? Are we just gluttons uh, for yeah, punishment? I mean, do we, do we enjoy the uh, torture? No, nah, we're, we're glutton for, we love it. We're, we're just the first guy to stand in line for a good time. You know I mean? Unfortunately in our sport, this is the price you pay for a good time. Sure. Well, and we <laughs> yeah. also, we kind of refuse to grow up, right? I mean, because we're both, fucking infants we're idiots <laughs> speak for yourself mate no no i'll speak for both of us <laughs> okay yeah. fair enough Fuck you. you're from california yeah, uh, and you're well, chucking you know, drugs and saying I, mate man <laughs> yeah i ref- i refuse to grow up yeah nothing wrong with that no i well, pay my bills I do the things I'm supposed to do, and I like to have fun. Well, you know, I yeah. I had a I had a really simple mentality when it came to something like that. I don't need to fucking grow up as long as I can be responsible about being an idiot. Get the bills paid, <laughs> do what you got to do, take care of your responsibilities, and then be True. as infantile as you want to be, as long as the important shit gets taken care. Of. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And that is, that's pretty much what we all do anyway. You know yeah, I mean? pretty much. The ones who try to hide that are lying to themselves. Yeah. I think. So, yes. so you're you're in a, a, a pretty long-term committed relationship now to a woman that's dramatically healthier than you. Uh, she's in much, much better <laughs> yeah. shape than you. Yeah. She's watching you fall apart in front of you. Um, are you trying to, you know, stay healthy to keep up with her? Because... Yeah, you know, honestly, and I, you're you're doing the same thing I'm doing. We have to keep our, ourselves in really, really good shape yeah. all the time because the second we we take any kind of slack on it, we we fall apart. I do, you know yeah. I mean? I, and I feel it. I take a week off and I feel it. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's always trying to trying to keep the stretches going, trying to keep in the gym, trying to keep the cardio up, trying to keep everything going. 
So in, in that's just to make it easier to get out of bed. On, on that topic, let's talk to so I've been lucky enough to uh, stay pretty tightly involved with an awesome group on Facebook called the Beginner Skydiving Forum. It's a huge group and it's got everything from people thinking about making their first tandem to just making their way through their first hundred jumps, um, all wanting to hear, you know, how to get started, how people got their start, which direction to go. So for the younger jumpers, let's talk longevity. You know, where did you fuck up that you wish you had done something different? <laughs> well, I actually, it would be easier for I, you to I, just I, say where you didn't yep. fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd only... say something that occurred to me only during COVID. Um, well, when we're going back to work, I should say out here in Australia, you had to have, uh, they wanted us to wear helmets. Right. And you know me, Dean, I, I've never worn a helmet my whole life. I mean, right. I, I, I wear a helmet for, you know, obviously, you know, doing a videography or whatever, but I'm not a fan. I, I can't stand the helmets, especially doing tandems. Um, it's just, I like to feel the, the wind in my face and the pressure and on my skin and sure. yada, yada, yada. And yep. I love it. Yep. Um, when we came back, we all had to wear the helmets and it wasn't until the first opening when my head, instead of kind of going back into its, you know, a, a, a compromising position where so many other times it's giving me whiplash. Right. It was stopped by the back of my helmet yeah. touching the, the, the rig. And I'm like, hold on. Wow. If I would have, if I were wearing this helmet years ago, there's not to save my head, but it would have saved my neck. Oh yeah. You know? Well, you know what my, so, I mean, my helmet aha moment was my fucking hearing. Cause I have tinnitus like a motherfucker, yeah. man. I hear free fall 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Cause you can't do fucking, you know, 10 out of 12,000 jumps without a helmet on or earplugs in and not pay the price. So that was, that was my big clue was, yeah. Oh, there's something to this helmet shit. And it's not necessarily about hitting something hard. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what uh, else? I've always worn earplugs. So um, earplugs is a big one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Having a good pair of earplugs, yeah. not just the little foams that you squeeze and throw them in your ears, but a really good solid pair that are made for your ears. Sure. Um, yeah. Saving the hearing. Um, and honestly, the parachutes, the tan, well, I, I should say, I mean, if we're talking just tandems and we can talk, talk gear, but the the parachutes nowadays have just gotten so much easier um, and more forgiving. Sure. You know, sure. Um, obviously there's a little bit little less room for air. So if you, you're screwing your, you know, your arc up, you're going to pound into the ground, but if you're playing that arc just right, it's going to save you, you know, it's going to save sure. your knees and save your bass and save everything. Even the openings are just, just super sweet. So I don't think there's an issue as big of an issue nowadays as there used to be. Um, I still well, think, yeah, I mean, you know, the basics that a lot of jumpers, at least back in our day, took for granted was staying physically in shape and exercising. And for me, it was stretching. But I mean, how many jumpers did you come up with that went straight from the drop zone to the bar and never saw the inside of a fucking gym? You know, their exercise for their arms was flaring. 
you know, um, and yeah. skydiving beat the shit out of them. And I'd like to think that the only reason that I'm still super active is because I stayed in the gym for all 27 years yeah. I've been jumping. Yeah. No, I, I didn't start until, man, I was, I must have been around two, 2006, six or so. Mm. But before that, I was the last guy in the gym. Sure. You know, me and me and my, my me and my bestie back in San Diego were always on the on the party prow. Sure. Doing everything except for taking care of our bodies. You know. What I mean? Sure. Well, um, actually, yeah. I gotta I gotta uh, give I gotta give you credit because the first triathlon I ever did, I did because you did a triathlon, and uh, um, you were so busy bragging about it that I'm like. I'm not going to let that big fucking fat bald cunt <laughs> do this triathlon and I haven't done one. So I trained my ass off and not only did I do a triathlon that was longer than yours, I did it faster than you. So fuck you. Way faster, way faster <laughs> and, and way better on all levels, to be honest, <laughs> to be fair. I, uh, you, when you, you called, I remember you, you're like, Hey, ch- Here's the, I'm like, well, what are your, you know, I was kind of proud of myself and I was getting pretty fast times on my swim. And I'm like, yeah, how fast is your swim? And you're like, oh, it's, it's this fast. And it's just, it's this slow, as you should say. And I go, oh, no, that's, that's too fast. No, it can't, can't be that. You're like, I'll, I'll video it. I'm like, yeah, okay, video it. And I, wa- I remember watching your video going, that motherfucker. <laughs> I, you're like four times faster than my, my best time. And I was like, fuck, you're just, you literally are a fish in the water. I was like, all right, well, that's all you got going for is your swim. And then you yep. run smash my time by your under run. And then, and then the bike. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you all together, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I was proud of you. You did awesome, man. It was, well, what drove me through the training was just wanting desperately to beat you because you were so proud of that triathlon. I was. Yeah. Oh, you smashed me. He smashed me. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was good sure. to see that was for sure. Well, and we've been lucky enough to have uh, lots of adventures over the years and done a, a bunch of traveling and we've uh, we've bounced around some islands together and fucking Fiji and Australia a few and, islands. and yeah and Bali and all this stuff. And if it weren't for that fucking need, be going up to Everest with me at the end of this month. Ah, uh, yeah. It, but yeah, I mean, and actually, I have another surgery coming up as well. I I've got C five getting ready to be fused on <laughs> um, this next next couple of months or next yeah next probably sixty days yeah, which is I'm I'm quite happy about because right now I'm 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 doing some downtime anyway right um and I'm just it's just perfect timing for me to take care of this so it's sure. just before the summer season hits anyway so yeah. It's, it's just it's needed repaired and fixed for the last 10 years anyways it's just time you know what sucks about all of this is we are gonna be like just that much too late for all the stem cell research where they're gonna be able to regrow all your bones and tendons <laughs> we're gonna miss it by like 10 yeah, right? years we're gonna be like yeah. i'll probably probably pro- five yeah, if if that, I'll just have come out of the oven and getting burned yeah. to ashes, and they're gonna go, oh wait, shit, we could have fixed him, but now you cremated him. Fuck. Yeah, they're like, wow, look at all this metal and what was left out of the ashes. Wow, this guy. Oh, 
Actually, a that's prime candidate. Too bad. That, that's <laughs> true, dude. You and I won't be able to do a normal ash dive. It'd be too fucking dangerous because they'll be raining metal down on everybody. <laughs> uh, we're old and fucked you're up right. you're, you're not wrong that's no so <laughs> speak as, for yourself man i'm, yeah, I'm in right. my prime yeah okay all <laughs> right so as we get towards the end of the podcast man uh, give me um again you're that guy you literally are that guy What's your advice to old and new skydivers? What are the things they should be thinking of? What are the things that keep you passionate all these years later and all this pain later? Um, just giving that energy to, to, to all, the, uh, all the new and up and coming tandems. You know, it's just, I, I love giving that, that, that just that feeling out to, to somebody who's never had it before and, you know, that, that's how I'm able to stay passionate, just looking at that smile and feeling the energy and giving them something super awesome in their life, you know? Sure. Um, as far as making it last as long as I have, luck, really. Sure. You know, a, a bit bit of better better gear, I think, and a bit of luck. And, yeah, I, I, I guess keep, keep exercising as much as you tear it down. You got to build it back up. So Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I attack it all and don't stick to one thing. Do it all. Nice. Yeah. I, w I was going to give you shit and say yeah. that at this point, you're just not fucking qualified to do anything else. Um, that's actually not true, though. I mean, you were a very talented welder. Like, you have other career options that you could absolutely go make really good money at and choose not to because you still love doing tandem. So in that respect, man, my hat's off to you. You're still that guy and I'm going to make fun of you forever for it, <laughs> but, um, uh, I'll accept it. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, you're also pushing towards, um, uh, a more of a, a management desire and being able to bring new instructors up as well so you're kind of giving it back to the next generation of instructors too which is great yeah yeah and and you're trying to give it back and and, and teach it in, in such a way that they're trying to do the right thing by all of their students as well you know nice. I mean, they can't forget the goal they can't forget the, the um the big plaque which is you know this isn't about you and a paycheck sure you know we all do this because it's about it's about all the rest of us, sure. know, all the mates, all your buddies you're jumping with and all the new, new tandem students that are, that are taste testing this out for the first time, you know? I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I mean, it's a paycheck at the end of the day, but that's honestly the last thing I'm thinking about. For sure. Well, I mean, it's the, it's, yeah. it always boils down to the community. And I mean, here you and I sit basically yeah. 20 years later, I consider you my brother and have for years and years. We've done a ton of really ridiculously stupid shit together. We can go a year without talking and fall right back into the same conversation like it was yesterday. And if it weren't for the yeah. fact that I lured you into a van in the desert because of skydiving, <laughs> <laughs> it, I would have missed out on so much. And I think that's the biggest thing in regard to skydiving is I have relationships um, and, and bromances with some of my favorite people on the planet because I decided to jump out of an airplane once. 
That's awesome. You know, there's not too many, there's not too many things that do that. And, and certainly not too many sports that do that. So, I mean, if for nothing else, man, skydiving has given me a world of incredible friends. Very cool. Now, that being said, Very normally cool. I would ask you uh, how people follow you on social media, but you're a big fat cunt. You don't like to have yourself out on social media all that much. So, uh, um, I'm just... I'm just going to say thanks for uh, for chit-chatting with me and uh, finish off by calling you a total fucking pussy for not going to Everest with me. <laughs> ah, yeah, always a good time. Yes. <laughs> All right, brother, man. I love you. Oh, you too, man. See ya. We'll chat with you, brother. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around.